wasn't it? Take your Bibles tonight and go back to Proverbs chapter number 4 right at the end of the chapter. We are uh, not only going to finish Proverbs 4, we're going to delve into Proverbs chapter 5 tonight. And uh, uh, now God's people said, Amen. Amen. supposed to go right there. All right. Proverbs chapter uh, number four tonight. And we left off last Wednesday night at verse number 23. I think I think it's one of the most important verses in the book of Proverbs, actually. Proverbs chapter four, verse number 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And uh, life issues are heart issues. Life issues. You ever say, boy, they got issues. <laughs> They've got issues. Uh-huh. And those issues are hard issues. And uh, so that, that goes right into verse number 24. And uh, 24 really is a continuation of verse number 23. Father, please bless now once more as we open up thy word. We know it does not return void. It will help us. And tonight, Lord, many folks have worked hard throughout the day. And some came in, didn't have time to eat even. and just came straight on to church. And uh, I know a lot of folks are weary. And uh, so please uh, help us be able to give our attention to thy word and the truths therein. Oh, how it could uh, save us from much grief and even heartache and death if we would heed the things we read tonight. I need your wisdom, please, and your help and power to communicate thy truth. Speak to heart, speak through me, speak to me and through me, Lord, as I teach into these here in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse number 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Now, let me give you the context again. The verse before, we're talking about what? The heart. Say that out loud. We're talking about the heart. Now we're talking about the lips. All right. There's a connection there. Is that right? Uh, you, you know what? <clears throat> your mouth gives you away. Your mouth... Let me get that. I take pepperoni, mushroom, sausage, green peppers, and onions, extra cheese. All God's people said... You owe me a pizza. Whoever's phone that was, you owe me a pizza. All right, here we go. Now, your mouth gives you away. Your mouth gives you away. And we talked about last last week, we talked about how that what gets in the mind gets in the heart. And there's two gates to the mind, and that's the eyes and the ears. And uh, 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 you, you know what? Look, you get to the place in your life where you'll say things and you don't even know you say them. You know why? It's out of habit. It's out of habit. And... Uh, and it has to do with things you've been listening to. Because what you listen to gets in your mind, it gets in your heart, and then what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. In Acts 4.20 said this, we cannot but, listen to this, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Sooner or later, it's coming out. Your mouth gives you away. So verse 23 is about the heart. Verse 24 is about the mouth. Here's what we say. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Right? The well's the heart. The bucket's the mouth. Right? <laughs> what, what's down in the well will come up in the bucket. We say it this way. I think about computers. 
Uh, so, uh, Mike, you can validate this. Garbage in, garbage out. Is that a kind of a computer saying? All right, thank you so much for validating my illustration. I hate it when I ask an expert, expert and they say, no, Pastor, that's not right. Anyway, so the computer guy says, garbage in, garbage out. And uh, in other words, what you put in is what you're going to get out. And that's true with our minds and true with our hearts. There's two synonyms in verse number 24. It's the word forward and the word perverse. The word forward and the word perverse. Uh, from that word perverse, uh, uh, the, uh, 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 we, we, we get our words uh, perverted. Uh, we get another word, uh, another word pervert, right? Remember those verses, uh, those words, those words. Uh, here's what uh, Webster's 1828 dictionary says, and don't forget, when it comes to understanding Bible English Bible words, the older the dictionary, the better. And that's why I recommend that you get you the most, uh, the oldest available uh, dictionary. Trustworthy dictionary would be, uh, and readily available dictionary, would be the Webster's 1828. Here's what he had to say, wrote about pervert. By the way, you, you understand why older is better when it comes to studying the Bible. Because gay doesn't mean what gay used to mean, etc., etc. So words change over time. So when it comes to understanding Bible words, an older dictionary is better than a new dictionary. All right, with that in mind, in 1828, the word pervert in Webster's Dictionary means to turn from truth, propriety, or from its proper purpose, to distort from its true use or end. And it gives some examples in it. Uh, for example, to pervert reason by misdirecting it. Or to pervert laws by misinterpreting and misapplying them. We see much of that today, do we not? Uh, 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 To pervert justice means to turn from justice, from its proper purpose and use. Hey, uh, all right, uh, you are froward or perverse when you listen to hearsay. Justice is perverted when you listen to hearsay. Look, can I help you? You can't listen to something without affecting you. That's what the Bible says. We cannot but speak the things which we've seen and heard. That's what the Bible says. So when you listen, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody. I, I, you, you can trust me. I promise not to tell anybody that doesn't promise not to tell anybody. That's about how smart we are. But we listen to hearsay and it gets in our head and it affects us. Uh, we jump to conclusions, and justice is perverted. We believe gossip, justice is perverted. We form opinions without firsthand knowledge, and justice is perverted. We then spread our opinions, and justice is further perverted. Uh, we're living in a damn time of double standards. There's no doubt about it. We're, it's obvious. It's, it's just about every other day in the news. One person gets treated one way by the law. Another person gets treated another way by the law. Uh, God is a just God. Amen? He's a just God. And we as God's people ought to seek to be just and to do justly and walk humbly with our God as the Old Testament prophet told us. That's your whole duty. And uh, we ought to be just. It's unjust for you to get a little circle with your friends and listen to something bad about somebody else and you weren't there and you don't know. That's unjust. And God is just. And it's our duty to be just. Look, you don't need to know what happened to somebody else's kid. 
Don't your kids have problems? Say amen. Do your kids have problems? Okay. You don't need what that, you don't even know what the, what problems somebody else's kid is having. No. No. You know, you know, loyalty goes should be a two way street. It should be a two way street. And so anyway, uh, but but that's that's perversion. That's uh, perverse. And forward is uh, is a synonym. Uh, here's what he says in, in verse 24. Put away from the a froward mouth. Somebody that's departing, perverting, and perverse lips. Last phrase. Put far from thee. Listen, you better watch out for people who can't control their mouth. You know, listen. Do you know there's some folks I love very dearly. They're good people. They love the Lord. But I would be very careful about spending cash. Uh, I'm sorry to have to say this. Preachers. <laughs> Preachers. That I'd have to be very careful about spending casual time with them. Why? Because that conversation is going to go negative. It's going to be about people. There's an old statement and uh, uh, oft repeated. Uh, uh, Great minds talk about ideas. Good minds talk about things. Weak minds talk about people. If you can't have a conversation without talking about people, then strengthen your mind. Think. Not about someone else and their problem. Think. Think about your life. Think about how to make life better. How to help somebody. So you better watch out for those whose mouths lean toward the gutter, lean toward gossip, and... Uh, and do what the Bible says here. Put them far from thee. Verse number 25. Here's another warning to guard our eyes. Oft repeated in Scripture and in the book of Proverbs. Let thine eyes look right on. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Let me give some statistics here. I, I uh, researched this in preparation for uh, a split session I did with the young people, with young men. Uh, last summer at camp, uh, and uh, married couples are twice as likely to divorce if pornography is involved in that home. Involvement in pornography raises your chance of getting divorced to doubles it, doubles your chance of getting divorced. In 2017. 36% of Americans said pornography is morally acceptable. 2017, we're going back five years, uh, a, a little more than one out of three said pornography is morally acceptable. A year later, 2018, same poll, 43% of Americans say pornography is morally acceptable. I mean, data since then, but I am sure it's continuing uh, to rise. 35%, this is, it goes all the way back to 2018. In 2018, 35% of all internet downloads were pornographic. That's more than one out of three of all internet downloads were pornographic. Between March of 2020 and June of 2022, that's 15 months, porn, uh, 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 pornographic internet traffic increased by 25%. It's, it's getting worse. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes. Maybe we ought to go back to the beginner part. Every one of us. 
Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. And the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, beholding the evil and the good. Amen? Yeah, it doesn't matter what you look at, friends. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. He said, let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Here's a statement for you. Don't let what you, what you see determine what you look at. Don't let what you see determine what you look at. Uh, it, it, we are inundated with messages and images. And by the way, whatever you need to spend to filter that stuff, you ought to spend it. You ought to spend it. Because I, it just, uh, I read an article today. Uh, I was, uh, uh, read an article today. Um, um, oh, I, I didn't bring it with me. Uh, it was actually Sword of the Lord. I read an article in Sword of the Lord. And uh, youth pastor, I forgot where he's from, has an article in this most recent edition uh, about TikTok. The Wall Street Journal uh, uh, created two accounts on TikTok, just as a research. Or I, I, as, I don't know how many. Several accounts and, and created a profile between the ages of 13 to 15. This profile. I'm a 15 year old boy. I'm a 13 year old girl, etc., etc. I, I don't know how many profiles, but I think several profiles. And in the in the article, they document how many solicitations to adult sites, pornographic sites, are hitting. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. These kids are being inundated with invitations at one click to the to the the worst filth. Now I want to make a strong appeal here. You've got to decide in your home, but dad and mom. Number one, every kid in the world doesn't have a phone. Everybody's got one. No, they don't. No, they don't. Number two, you make that decision with wisdom and caution and have a purpose for it. And if you're going to give a tool that powerful into the hands of your children, then you need to hold them accountable. Says, well, I don't know much about them. Then take it back. Then take it back. Until you know how to use that tool correctly and safely that's like saying, that's like giving your kid, a, 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 you know, your five-year-old, a chainsaw. He got a happy birthday. All our kids in my class got chainsaws, Daddy. <laughs> Dad, don't you think you ought to monitor it? Well, I'm not very good with chainsaws. Okay, so because you're not good with chainsaws, you're just going to give your kid a chainsaw? Seriously? Now, uh, I, 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 by the way, and kids, if you don't know what I'm saying, it's because your prefrontal cortex hasn't developed fully, Okay. 
I love you, but you're a child, and we were all children, and you don't know any better. You think you can handle something you can't. I love you. I'm your pastor, and I'm telling you, for your sake and for your safety, me and you and your dad, me and your mom and your dad and I and the other adults in your life need to get together and decide if, uh, if you can't sit in church and pay attention, you don't have any business at home. And if you can't, if you can't uh, use it for good, you say, well, I, I'm sure my kid doesn't. The Bible says, are you following up on that, Mom and Dad? Are you, che- are you, are you checking that? You need to. You need to follow that. Uh, we're living in a different world, are we not? With temptations that you had to go looking for them not too many years ago. Now then, they're looking for you. And they're that accessible. And I, I would just... Uh, You need to talk about these things at home. Lay some guidelines down. Go back for everybody's safety. Keep everything open. If you you don't know, uh, uh, sit down sometime and just... By the way, that's good. Do that with your husband husband and wife do that. You'd You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked the pushback that I get in my office when I suggest that a husband ought to be able to get in his wife's phone. You'd be shocked the pushback I get in my office when I suggest that a wife ought to be able to get her husband's phone. Like you're demeaning. You know why you think that's demeaning? Because you're misbehaving. You, you are so much safer. The Bible said all things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. We ought to live an open life. And help one another. Not for the sake of demeaning or trying to destroy somebody but to help one listen you the devil's after my kids the devil's after your kids the devil's after me he's after you <laughs> that's not a big secret so let's get each other's back amen, amen. you know more, more than once in 27 years almost now i've had to say look you you, you go back and come to me and say, you know, I said, listen, your, your spouse needs to know this. Oh, no, 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 no. No, your spouse needs to know this. Oh, you tell them. And if you don't tell them, you got 24 hours. If you don't tell them, I'm telling them. He said, why would you do that? To salvage somebody's home. Salvage somebody's life. Before the thing spirals out of control. Keep thine eyes. Keep. Let thine eyes look right on. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. You say, Pastor, what does that mean? I don't know. I didn't know eyelids looked. I haven't studied it. I thought about it. I said, Lord, what in the world does that mean? And he didn't tell me yet. So if he tells me, I'll come back and let you know. But I don't know what that eyelid thing means. Anyway. I thought you knew everything in the Bible. Nope. Uh, by the way, if you find out, let me know. All right. <clears throat> uh, let thine eyes look. Here's something else I think this verse can teach us. Let thine eyes look right on. How about this? Uh, 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 look folks in the eye. Look folks in the eye. You know, we're missing that. Let thine eyes look right on. 
uh, it says something. Uh, Jesus said this. He said, the light of the body is the eye. The light of the body is the eye. We say it this way. The eyes are the window of the soul. That's, that's what Jesus would have meant, I believe, there in Matthew 6, 22, when he made that statement. The light of the body is the eye. Mom and dad, it's so important. We make eye contact, look into the eyes of our children each day. I remember, I remember, and I, I know I've said this many times before, about the old auditorium, a sweet little teenage girl in our church, and I remember uh, she was, had, was open and would talk every, she'd talk uh, uh, to, to talk to Mrs. Shook and see how to, how to preach her. And it was out of character her, for her not to make eye contact and out of character for her not to speak to us. Now, I'm not saying you're right with God because you speak to a pastor. You're almost right with God because you speak. That, it's not a sin not to speak to pastor. But if you avoid speaking to pastor, then there's something wrong. Or any authority. I know, I, I know, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't keep a list of who spoke to me and who didn't, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, authority, hey, okay, let me change this. It, it's not a sin for you not to make eye contact with your parents, but if you don't want to make eye contact with your parents, something's wrong. You understand that? Something's wrong. Uh, learn to look folks in the eye and how to speak to someone. And uh, young people, let's end it for just a minute, if you would. Uh, 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 look at someone that I shows respect. It shows respect. Uh, uh, you say, well, I'm shy. Okay. Here's what you should do. Look people in the eye. Why? It shows respect. I'm painfully shy. I understand. For you, you should look people in the eye. Thank you. I understand it's harder for some than it is others, but it's still right to do. Amen. Let that eyes look right on. Um, here's, here's another thought from this verse. Keep your eyes on the goal. <laughs> That's all over the Bible too, isn't it? Keep your eyes on the goal. Uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, in the New Testament, we read, if a man puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the Bible said of Christ that he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And of Isaiah, I set my face like a flint. And Paul said, this one thing I do. What does that have to do? That has to do with focus and determination and keeping your eyes on the goal. Keep your eyes on the goal. Let thine eyes look right on. Keep your focus. Stay determined. And, uh, and uh, uh, I'm talking about figuratively and I'm talking about practically as well. Keep your eyes where they belong. I, I, uh, we, we were at a youth conference, sadly. And, uh, and uh, uh, it's a sad part. It was some girls showed up at the youth conference that weren't dressed properly. And a 14-year-old boy, missionary, son, 14-year-old, was sitting in the pew. And these girls come in. And they're not, they're not really appropriate. And by the way, not appropriate for church. I'm not talking about being dressed up. Okay, I'm talking about modesty right now. If it's not modest at church, it's not modest anywhere. Okay? If it's not modest here, it's not modest. It doesn't matter if you have grass or carpet or sand or water in your toes. It doesn't matter. That doesn't qualify. Modesty is modesty, no matter what you're standing on. Amen, Pastor. Okay. But anyway... To this boy's credit, 
we were all lined up in a row, and this boy's sitting in the row, and he's up there trying to sing a song, and some girls come flitting in that nobody taught him how to behave, perhaps, and how to dress right. And they come in, and immediately he cut his eyes away. Fourteen years old. Boy, we need some more young men like that. We need some more old men like that. We need some more men like that. We need ladies like that too. Amen. Let thine eyes look right on. Let me, you ever think about this? Why a marriage vow? Why a marriage vow? I mean, why not just a handshake? You know? Why not just a fist bump? Why, why a marriage vow? They say, uh, will you have this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Will you love her, honor and keep her in sickness and in health and in poverty as a wealth? And forsaking all others, keep the only under her so long as you both shall live. Do you so promise? I do. Will you take these words to your heart and give to your bride? I, groom, take thee bride. I, groom, take thee bride. To be my wedded wife, to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold, to have and to hold from this day forward, from this day forward, for better, for worse, for better, for worse. Ah, question, the vow part, the vow, vow, vow. Is it for the better part or the worst part? When do we need the vow to kick in? The better part or the worst part? For better, for worse. For richer, for poor. When do we need that vow? Where's that vow help us? When we got all the money in the bank, all the bills are paid, we're going on a month-long sabbatical vacation around the world, is that when we need it? No, no, no. When the financial pressures are on. When the worst thing that could happen to our marriage has happened to our marriage, that's when we need to remember I made a vow. I made a vow. Listen, no fault divorce is destroying uh, the society that we live in. By the, by the way, that's why, young people, listen to me carefully. If you didn't do this, I don't know it, so don't tell me. So I say this without, as far as I know, without implicating anybody in this room. And if it implicates you, don't tell me, and I won't know it. Here's my by the way. Use traditional marriage vows. Let me say it again. Use traditional marriage vows. You, know, you say, why? They don't leave you any wiggle room. I want our boats to float together <laughs> to the moon. What does that mean exactly? I want my ham to live under the same bread as your cheese. Yeah. Look. How about how about this? How about this? And forsaking all others, keep me only unto thee so long as we both shall live. How about that? Society disrespects marriage and don't go along with society. Not all of society. But much of society does. 
Verse 26, ponder, think, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Ponder the path of thy feet. What's God saying? God is saying, uh, think first. Think first. Think before you step. Think before you move. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Verse 27, turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Circle the word remove. Circle the word remove. Let me emphasize this for a moment. Remove thy foot from evil. All right, so think about, the word ponder there, of course, means to think about. Ponder the path of thy feet. Think first. Think first. If you took a step in the wrong direction, what he's saying is this. Pull your foot back. Pull your foot back. I think about Dr. Rice. By the way, that song we sang just a while ago, and if you noticed or not, Dr. John R. Rice wrote that. Sword of the Lord, started the Sword of the Lord paper, one of the greatest soul winners. They impacted good old-fashioned fundamental Baptist churches to be personal soul winners. And uh, he wrote that. So little time. We just sang it a moment ago. He had six daughters. And uh, I don't know what he did. uh, God punished him like that. But anyway, he had six. No, I'm just kidding. He had six daughters. And God rewarded him with, honored him with. And one of them was engaged to be married. Ring on her finger, sitting at a meal. Her fiance's across the table from her. And they're pretty close to the uh, pretty close to the wedding date, already engaged again, engagement ring on her finger. And he made a comment, just a little passing comment. Something like, you know, well, we'll have to do this much longer. And she said, what, what, what was that? Well, you know, good night. We, we won't have to do this much longer. So what do you mean? She said, well, you know, your dad, he's like in church every night of the week. He's an evangelist, you know, good night. All that. But we, we won't have to do that forever. And suddenly she realized, hey, good guy, good guy. She realized uh, we're not on the same page. And she reached over, took off her engagement ring, set it on the table, and said, I'm sorry, but I don't think this is right for us. What did she do? She removed her foot. If you've taken a step in the wrong direction, instead of pretending that you're not headed the wrong way, just stop and turn around. (laughs) Just stop and turn around. I wonder how many tanks of gas have been spent. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. How many remember the days before GPS? 
I, lost, I just about lost all sense of direction anymore. How many of you used to have a sense of direction? You used to know numbers and addresses and phone numbers and so forth. All that's gone. We don't have to hold that in our heads anymore, do we? Just punch it in. And man alive, if that phone dies or something like that, we're well, lost. I can't get off from church. Uh, so we lost all sense of direction. Now look, if you, if, you, if you find yourself going the wrong way, pull your foot back. Pull your foot back. If you made a dumb decision, pull your foot back. Don't, don't be too proud to say, you know, that was foolish. And you know what? It's time for me to remove my foot from evil. If you misstepped, then, then turn around. And the sooner you turn around, the better. The, the less time you waste. When I, I won the first soul to Christ at 13. Preached my first sermon at 15. Uh, at, by 18, I was preaching pretty much weekly. By 20, I was preaching several times a week. By 21, I was preaching five times a week in the ministries while I was in college and seminary. And then at 25, I was pastoring. He said, what are you saying? I'm trying to tell you what a wonderful person I am, but you don't seem to be getting it. <clears throat> I, 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 I'm just saying, I, I knew that's what God wanted. I knew that's where I was headed. Now, listen, do, do you know how many God-called men that never f- fulfilled their call? And, and, and sometimes it's simple as I took a step in the wrong direction while I was too proud to say, well, that was really dumb. Let me back up. Let me go at it again. Instead of digging in and never doing anything for Christ. If you put your foot in the wrong direction, pull it back. Amen? Hey, if you, if you, if you test the waters and it feels pretty good and you stick your foot in there and you're like, oh, this is really not a good situation. Pull it out. Well, I hate to break her heart. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I hate to break his heart. Break his heart. <laughs> I'd rather be at the odds with the guys on this point. <laughs> no, don't, don't look. All of us make a misstep at some time or another. Pull it back. Pull it back. Chapter 5. We're just going to get started here. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding. Here he is again. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. My son, attend unto my wisdom. Attend. That's like our word attention. Attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding. Bow thine ear to my understanding. Brother Hampton, let me tell you something. Now, what did he just do? Bow thine ear to my understanding. What did he just do? He leaned in closer. Why did he do that? He was trying to get where he could hear. Is that right? So the wise man said this, and, and he's coming to a very important subject matter we're going to talk about. Uh, 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 a very important matter. And he says, uh, bow thine ear. Lean over here. Listen to what I'm saying. Can I get, uh, give you a practical thought? Uh, when truth is being shared, bow your ear. Bow your ear. Bow your ear. Look, I told kids this other day in chapel. Or somewhere. Where was it? Chapel. I think I was chapel. There are people that when I, when I preach, uh, let's see here. Uh, 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 Mr. Cook, come over here if you would. And uh, we'll do it standing. We'll do it standing. You guys stand in front of me. And, you know, the preacher moves around a little bit. Uh, and and he'll, 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 he'll move around a lot. And there's folks when I'm preaching, and when I move, they'll, they'll move. 
And I'll go over here they'll, why? Why do they do that? They want to see. There are other people when I move. <laughs> they move as well. They don't want to see. They don't want to hear. Can I, can I just be very practical with you? Sit where you can hear. If you're not listening to me because of the person you're sitting next to, so don't sit there. That's not hard. Incline thine ear. Bow, bow, bow down your ear there. By the way, thank you guys. You, you can be seated. Uh, by the way, uh, sit, sit where you hear, sit where you can see. When you're in Sunday school, sit where you can pay attention. Uh, I, 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 our young people go off to Bible college. I ask them in the office several times, <clears throat> where are you going to sit in chapel? Where are you going to sit in chapel? <clears throat> Don't find where all the cool kids are and sit there. Get, up, get, 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 get where you can hear, where you can get something. Sit, uh, when you're in church, sit where you can hear. When you're in chapel, sit where you hear. When you're in class, sit where you can hear. Verse 2, he said, that thou mayest, why? That thou mayest regard. That word regard means value. If you have regard for something, it's something you value. That thou mayest regard discretion. Now, this harkens back all the way to the first handful of verses in chapter 1. And let me remind you again, the word discretion means well thought out. Well thought out. Remember those ten things? Purposes of the book of Proverbs. Discretion was the tenth of those and it means well thought out. Uh, attend to my wisdom. Bow thine ear. Get what you can hear and see. That why? That thou mayest regard discretion and, than thy li- and that thy lips may keep knowledge. That thou mayest regard or value discretion. Value, here's what he's saying. Value that moment or time spent thinking before you respond. Think before you respond. You say, whoa, my blood's boiling. Zip, 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 zip. Discretion. Use discretion. <laughs> Think before you act. Think before you commit to something. You know, you know, you get a shot, a shot of dopamine. And if you know what a shot of dopamine is, that's no, uh, that's a feel-good uh, hormone that happens in your head, in your brain. When you when you give a positive answer, you get a shot of dopamine. Hey, can you do such? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> I agreed to help. <laughs> well, I had no idea if you can help or not. Think before you make a commitment. Think before you uh, agree to something. Think uh, before you uh, uh, decide. Think before you react. Think before you throw your coffee mug out the window when you're behind a slow bus. Think. (laughs) Regard discretion. A lot of times we need to ask ourselves, have you really thought this through? So anyway, we were on a mission trip and uh, went up this beautiful river and there's a, a waterfall there. And, uh, and I thought, I'm going to jump off a waterfall. I'm going to jump off a waterfall. And, and I, was, I already had it in my head I was going to do it. I was going to do it. And so uh, I got up there and I sized up the waterfall 
And uh, that's one of the guys down there, Missouri Rocks down there. So I, I, uh, I, I went to the edge, make sure there's no rocks, backed up. I said, I can't think about it. I just got to do it. He said, you were scared a little bit, yeah. And uh, just jumped right off. Look at that. Pastor jumped off the waterfall. Wow. This always said, Pastor, where's your glasses? Somewhere in a river in Honduras. That's where they are. I don't know where they are. Thank God I brought an extra pair. I, I, I forgot to think about that. I think that was my niece that pointed that out. I'm not sure. Anyway. Now, discretion is often applied. We use the word discretion. Often applied to situations involving passion. Hey, use discretion, which now becomes a subject of chapter 5. Verse number 3. For the lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. We said it last week. Don't forget it. This is a book written by a dad. Primarily to his son, who's going to be in leadership, collection. Many of these are Solomon's own writings. Some of these he collected and put in this book. Hezekiah added to it a book of wise sayings. Solomon wanted to pass some wisdom along to his son. He's talking to young men. This is a young man's book. It's for all of us. There's wisdom for all of us in this book, but it's primarily for young men. And there's two enemies In the book of Proverbs for the young man, one is the strange woman and the second is the foolish man. The strange woman and the foolish man. And here the subject is again, as it is in many places, we'll get to it chapter 7 and probably deliberate a little bit more on it. But the strange woman, he is warning the young man, you stop and think before you... (laughs) He's so pretty. (laughs) Stop. Hey, think. 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 That's what the old man's saying to the young man. Hey, hey, woohoo! Think. Why? The lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. She's a smooth talker. Listen, do you know a common phrase when there's infidelity in a marriage? Well, we could talk. We could talk. They, they understood me. We could talk. Stop and think. By the way, if you were that comfortable talking, you were probably talking about things you shouldn't talk about. Her end, verse 4, is bitter as a wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. She leads to a bitter end. Young men, look at me. Do you want to hate your life? Is that your goal, to hate your life? You get caught up with a woman who has no discretion, no morals, who's loose, and you'll hate your life. Chase after her. Let her charm you with her words. Let her seduce you with her immodesty and impropriety. By the way, let me say this. The gal that gets attention by being inappropriate will catch the wrong kind of guy. And the guy who will go after 
the gal who's inappropriate is the wrong kind of guy. Now, young men, listen. Don't, 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 you, don't, don't you fool around with everybody and then you say, well, now I'm ready to get married. You don't deserve, if that's your attitude, I'm, anybody can repent. I understand that. That's what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about, I just won't fool around, you know, and do this, 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 and then I'm going to get serious one day and settle down and get married. Well, let me tell you something. You're going to reap what you sowed. That's what's going to happen. You're going to reap what you sow. That's what God said in his word. You want to be an A-plus young, you want to have an A-plus young man, be an A-plus young lady. You want to be, have an A-plus young gal, then you be an A-plus young man. Her end is bitter as wormwood, as a sharp as a two-edged sword. That means she cuts both ways, coming and going. Verse 5, her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. She offers a hellish life that leads to death. Lest thou shouldst ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable. She's unpredictable. She's duplistic. That thou canst not know them. Let, let me, can I say something right here? You'd be aware the person wants to string you along. You'd be aware the person wants to string you along. Now, you... you, you If, if, if you're interested in a person, I'm not saying you say everything up front and, and take a relationship too fast, but you're honest at every level. Honesty doesn't mean you say everything you feel, but honesty means you do not present something that's not entirely true. You don't go over here and like you're fond with somebody and then go over here like you're fond with somebody and then go over here like you're fine with somebody. That kind of person is, is poison. You use, uh, you, 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 uh, uh, use integrity. Now, you're kind to everyone, but I, I'm, I'm talking about a person who's, who, uh, uh, who is uh, duplistic. They're not straightforward. They're not honest. Uh, verse number seven. Hear me now. Listen up, listen up, listen up. Hear me now, there it is again. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her. Get as far away from her as you can. Remove thy way far from her and come not nigh the door of her house. Don't hang around the places she'd be. Lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel. Young people, listen to me. When you give away your purity, you give away your honor. And by the way, you give away your health. You give away your health. Let me close with this tonight. And uh, uh, Keith Knaus, uh in his book, Heartbeats of the Holy, it's a tremendous book. Anybody plan to go into ministry? Any young men especially plan to go into ministry? That's the book you need in your library. But he has a, has a chapter in the book. It's powerful. And he talks about how that privileges also bring peril. And that the more privileged you are, the more circumspect you must be. Listen to this powerful statement. I'm just going to read it and we'll close with this. Privileges 
carry their own perils. Perhaps the peril of Solomon lay in the privileges his position accorded. Solomon's wisdom and knowledge were comprehensive. He was a master of moral and spiritual truth. He knew the claims of God. He knew the power of temptation. He knew the power of women and the power of wine. He knew the weakness of the human heart. He knew the consequences of sin, yet he determined to risk them all. Thus Solomon, in his fall, belied himself. He tore down in his afterlife what he built up in his former life and stood at last the living contradiction to his earlier profession. Sad that a man should so reverse himself, should so neutralize his own record, should so undo with one hand what he had done with the other. A man's fall eclipses all the good he has accomplished. That is a solemn thought. A minister may preach for 40 years like an angel and then by one flagrant sin or by one treason to truth make it so that men do not care to hear him preach and blush to speak his name. Solomon was buried in silence. He filled a large space but proved unworthy of it and departed leaving only the shadow of remembrance. Remove thy way far from her and come not nigh the door of her house. So bring warnings, are they not? Father, thank you for your love for us.